1: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Hey, welcome to our multiverse. We're excited you're joining us for our new parody comedy series, Superhero Diaries.
3: Hello, this is Batman. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm not one of those actors who gets to play all your favorite superheroes in movies and TV. I guess you would say I'm a parody version of The Dark Knight. Anywho, me and some of my super friends have decided to tell you what we're really thinking when we are doing all those crime-fighting, Earth-saving multiverse-hopping kind of stuff. We will reveal what's behind the mask. Our most private thoughts. Like... Who's our secret superhero crush? Gotta go. Girl talk. We have to deal with real life issues just like you. I mean, how does Spider-Man pee when he's wearing his Spidey onesie? It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too. Does Aquaman talk to fish before he eats them? What is the Hulk's critical review of Wonder Woman 84? And most confounding of all, Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. How does a guy like me, with no superpowers, get through the week without getting killed every other day? All will be revealed when Superhero Diaries takes off on February 9th. Subscribe now, True Believers! Protection detail
0: is not always the most interesting way to spend an evening sitting in his car, watching the back door of the art gallery seemed like a waste of his obvious talents, but Officer Savage Dragon had nothing else to do anyway, and easy money is always the best money. Listening to loud music on the radio, Dragon notices that all the lights have gone out in the gallery and gets out to investigate. It is then that the masked figure of Deathstroke bounds from the door that Dragon was watching, a chase ensues, leading to a rooftop battleground, where the assassin decides that he has had enough of running and turns to face his savage foe. It's the Terminator versus Bomb Boy. It's One Eye versus Head Fin. It's Deathstroke versus Savage Dragon. Today,
1: on who would win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Ray Stecanus Ray. Today's battle, again, is very intriguing. You have Deathstroke, possibly the greatest assassin in all of comics, versus Savage Dragon, a super popular character that really kind of exploded in comic books back in the 90s, And it has been a mainstay ever since. Now, before we talk about this, of course, I had to do the patented who would win Google search or Google test, if you will. Oddly enough, just like always... Yeah, someone actually has already been talking about this matchup, but it happened about 12 years ago. So it's about time that we revisit this. Ray, give us your opinion on today's matchup. I love today's matchup. First off, James, you have won the
0: last two episodes of this show in a row. Spoiler alert to the kids at home, but you should have been catching up anyway. I mean, what's even happening in this world? Really? Why couldn't you listen? Thank you for you to possibly get three in a row on me would be frankly embarrassing, especially when I've had to look in the mirror after two straight battles where I know I gave the better arguments. I presented it better and I had the better character both times. And I had to look in the mirror afterwards in shame and disgust as I had to just get that awful taste of defeat out of my mouth. Crest sparkle toothpaste works very, very well for that. Just for the kids at home. That's a good tip. My point is, if you were to be able to pull off a third in a row upset against me, I don't know how I'd live with myself. Thankfully, given these two characters, that doesn't really seem to be on the table this week.
1: Ray, there was no need to give me any more motivation for today's matchup. I came in highly motivated. We've been wanting to use Savage Dragon forever. This is a character, not so much like an NFL super pro that a lot of people had not heard of or had only 12 issues whatsoever. This is a character who's actually the comic book character from the 90s, had a cartoon series, has been a mainstay. I mean, he's still there. I can't wait. I I have a feeling there's going to be a live action Savage Dragon movie or TV series in the not too distant future. Again, highly motivated because it's a great character. Highly motivated because I want those three wins in a row. I don't know if I've ever had that before on the show. Even if I have, I want it again. Now, with that being said... Another announcement, I mentioned it last on last week's episode. We were doing a a great promotion for my new series. It's called Superhero Diaries, premiered this week on YouTube. We've had great, great reactions to it so far. Think of your favorite superheroes, in a comedic and parody type of environment where they reveal what's going on in the world and what they think about things. It's fantastic. And again, to commemorate this, we're actually going to celebrate this. We're doing a Nintendo Switch giveaway. And all you have to do to enter is to subscribe to the YouTube channel for Superhero Diaries. Just type in Superhero Diaries on YouTube. You'll find us very easily. Subscribe, leave a comment, watch it a million times, and you are automatically entered to win a Nintendo Switch. Now, speaking of Diaries, Ray, thinking about Diaries, thinking about superheroes, and you kind of popped up into my mind, oddly enough. As weird as that is to say, I
0: believe it, I believe I pop into your mind all the time for any given reason.
1: Way too often for my liking. So I got to ask you, what would be the most shocking thing someone would find out about you if they were to read the Race to Canis Diary? That's funny you would ask that because I was thinking to myself earlier when we had the idea for superhero
0: diaries. I assumed I would be getting a call to just share my diary on the show. What with me being a superhero and all. That being said, I think the thing that the people at home would be most shocked to find out if they were to read my diary is how much disdain and rancor I have for the audience of who would win.
1: Is that is that really a diary thing? I mean, you kind of... This is not a secret. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's a big surprise for everyone at home when they give these terrible suggestions and
0: get behind your terrible arguments online and try to tell me I made mistakes. Ray does not make mistakes. Yeah, I honestly, it's hard to keep such a positive face on the feelings
1: I have inside sometimes. But you say all of this, the exact same stuff on Twitter. I mean, this is not not this is not news. We already know this. Well, Twitter is my diary, James. This explains a lot. Okay, fantastic. So if you ever want to know what's really going on with Ray Stekanis, go to Twitter. That's hilarious. Speaking of hilarious, it's time to introduce our guest judge, making their first appearance ever on the Who Would Win Show. It's stand-up comedian and host of Gutting the Sacred Cow. It's Kevin Israel. Kevin, welcome to Who Would Win.
2: What's happening, guys? Thanks for having me. This is awesome. This is awesome. Very excited to be here.
1: We're excited to have you here. You know, we've both been on your show before. Kevin Couttie has been a guest judge two times. It's about time you're on here. You're an amazing stand-up community. I've seen some of your sets online. So for those who don't know about your great show, what would you tell people about Gutting the Sacred Cow?
2: Gutting the Sacred Cow, it's uh, our podcast created by Kevin Goatee, our other host of the show. It's a movie review podcast that really flips the genre on its ear because every week we have a guest come on who's tasked with one simple assignment to pick a beloved financially successful or critically acclaimed movie and take it down prove why a movie that everyone loves everyone likes everyone heralds is actually crap and it's uh it's it's always a challenge and it's it starts a lot of debate people really don't like us for some reason they blame us we're not picking the movies we're just kind of the receptacles for it and but we've we've gotten a lot of hate but i think the more people get angry the better we like it so kind of like this show you want people to, to, to get passionate, to get angry about something, to interact, and it's it's a lot of fun. We've done, a, we, I think we're on our 68th episode, wow. and we've done a lot of great movies. Rocky, Star Wars, Hateful, we just did Hateful Eight. We actually had someone come on and do uh, Land Before Time, if you can believe that. I didn't know you could hate a <laughs> Land Before Time. The, so we've we've covered so many movies, and we've got so many awesome episodes coming up. We did a live show with Karate Kid. It's it, it's just a real fun, real unique take on movie reviews, and with uh, with, with Kevin Go. He and myself we try to keep it funny and and fast
1: you know i think your show's brilliant by the way i love the format i love Thank uh the, the part at the end where you read reviews of movies I, and ray wasn't there one review of wolf of wall street where it got one star because there were no actual wolves that is correct in the movie or something <laughs> that is, i mean it's <laughs> correct yeah. The format of how you guys do it. We we love it. And by the way, if there's ever a team that really appreciates a good format, it would be the who would win team. And, and look again, both Ray and I were, were fortunate enough to be on your show. And because you've got such an insane amount of, you know, knowledge about movies, no pressure. I want you to put together in the next 10 seconds, the perfect movie pitch. That you think for a film that would make automatically a billion dollars be a multi-film franchise and be like this uh temple extravaganza. Because if it's good and Ray and I like it, we'll green light it.
2: Gee, James, thanks for not no making worries. it easy on me. Uh, I got it. It's this is an easy one. And if Kevin goatee listens to this, he's gonna immediately roll his eyes. It's uh Voltron. Voltron's the, the the easy go. If you take the Voltron story and you make it a you give it a fantasy twist, make it feel a little bit like uh like a new hope with I almost I want earth to be post apocalyptic being attacked by by aliens the uh, the team has to go up and find Voltron which is the only thing that can stop these aliens that are coming to take over earth they go out and they the adventure is them finding each of the lions finally bringing them together and then the end fight is Voltron's defending earth against this alien attack of Zarkon and his his dreaded army and I think it could be such a cool epic fantasy movie and really really merged sci-fi with fantasy that i think there's so much there and i i really hope at some point they give this movie a shot because it could be a lot of fun
1: ray can i talk to you for a quick second yes absolutely okay yeah i think this is a good idea hey i mean voltron is a special place
0: in our hearts what with it being the very first episode of season one of the who would win show me and you starting That's off. right Voltron yep. versus Godzilla was that
1: battle. So Voltron <laughs> will always have a special place in the hearts and minds of the who would win audience. By the way, it's extra special because not only did Voltron win, uh, I represented Voltron. And uh, hey, they, they're going to know. they ought, listen. You say Voltron in any match, you know Voltron's winning. Okay, good news. We're going to green light your project. We will start. We'll be coming as a partner. We'll find other partners to fund it. We will contribute the first ten dollars.
2: Ah, uh, you listen. It's a start. It's a, it's start. a start. You're welcome. Now we just way. have to get the rights to Voltron. But good.
1: That's a you problem. We're we're <laughs> uh, we're hands off producers, is what we are. You're welcome with that. So, with that said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing
0: DC Comics, the assassin who can only see what you did there about half the time, Deathstroke. And representing Image Comics, the hero who came all the way to Earth to conquer it and then watch TV instead, Savage Dragon.
1: Well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for it. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. So, Ray, what version of Deathstroke will you be using? I'll be using the comic book version of Deathstroke. I
0: mean, let's keep it real. This is the one where all the jazz is. Uh, I could try to use the Batman, what, Batman Arkham Origins version, but he's in one fight and he loses. So I don't think I'll be trying that version of the character today. I'll pick the one that I've got all the notes
1: for. Yeah, when I think of Deathstroke, I always want the one with the most jazz. Yes. Right, we're on the same page. Jazz Jazz is a thing. With jazz, right, exactly. All right, so in terms of Savage Dragon, I think there's only really two versions. There's the comic book version, and then there's the iconic, legendary, heavenly version, if you will, that appeared in animation. I think it was on the USA Network for two seasons in the mid-90s. Correct. And and that version, as great as that is, unfortunately, I'm going to have to ignore that and go straight with the comic book version. Not as legendary, but still very powerful. Of uh, Savage Dragon. All right. Now, rule number four: Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but would be given less weight. Rule number five: The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And rule number six: The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic feel free to check out the official rules on our website who and before we get started of course don't forget to visit the official who would win store get your official who would win t-shirts mugs and merchandise by going to who would win and clicking on the merch section remember to keep an eye out for new shirts and merchandise all the time
0: We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win Show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me.
1: Experience full plates and fuller wallets with every plate, America's best value meal kit. The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a break. Every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients and each recipe couldn't be easier to follow.
0: With every plate, you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. And all that for the same price as 1 cup of coffee. It's assuredly cheaper than that pumpkin spice latte.
1: Last week, my family challenged me to make something great for dinner. So I ordered the amazing hibachi-style steak rice bowls from EveryPlate for my family. Super easy and super quick to prepare, by the way. Now, my entire family thinks I'm an amazing cook. And thanks to EveryPlate, you know what?
0: They're not wrong. Each meal gives you simple step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients to make it fast and easy. Hey, I've said it before. If you can build a bookshelf, you can make a great meal with every plate, and the choices are varied. I've personally made crispy Caesar chicken, pork and poblano tacos, and bibimbap,
1: and all of the above turned out absolutely Fantastic! Get started with Every Plate for just one seventy nine per meal by going to EveryPlate.com and entering code WWW179. That's just $1.79 per meal by going to EveryPlate.com and entering code WWW179. Try this offer and you'll see firsthand why EveryPlate is America's best value meal kit. And now, let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray! Please give us the details on Deathstroke. Deathstroke the Terminator is a super-powered mercenary and assassin. He
0: first appeared in the new Teen Titans number two in 1980 and was created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. 16-year-old Slade Wilson lied about his age to join the army, and he was shipped off to Korea. Being exceptionally capable, he quickly rose through the ranks. He would, over the course of his career as a soldier, go to both Korea and Vietnam. Slade signed up for an experiment he thought would make him immune to truth serum, Instead, the army effectively gave him super soldier serum, boosting his physical and mental traits well above top-tier human levels. Now, calling himself Deathstroke, Slade Wilson works as a mercenary and assassin in the DC universe. Fun fact, Deathstroke had been an under-the-radar superstar for quite some time. With that comes the inevitable ripoff now and again. Most famously, when artist Rob Leifeld revealed his design for a new mercenary character for the New Mutants, Marvel Comic, he revealed it to NFL super pro writer Fabian Nikitsi. Fabian remarked that it was just a carbon copy of Deathstroke, realizing the similarities were too obvious to miss. Liefeld named the character Wade Wilson as an inside joke, and Deadpool was born. That is Deathstroke.
1: You had to throw an NFL Super Pro, huh?
0: You know, as soon as I saw that that comment by Rob Liefeld went to Fabian Nikitsa, there's no way I was not going to mention him.
1: And Fabian Nikitsa, by the way, uh, you know, commented on Twitter about the NFL Super Pro yes, fight. Yes, was, was Was he, uh, you know, in favor of it? Was he, like, what was his reaction to it? I, I do not believe he
0: was in favor of anyone remembering who NFL Super Pro was. <laughs> so me and him are going to have words in the streets.
1: Uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh. Where I'm going to
0: remind him who NFL Super Pro is and probably, you know, disappoint him. Yeah, maybe have it over coffee or something. uh, Oh, no, it'll be very, very pleasant words, but they will be words, and they will be in the streets because he did not want
1: to let me in his apartment. That's fair. Who does? All right, now, here are the details for the Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon was created by Eric Larson and first appeared as Savage Dragon in Image Comics, Savage Dragon number 1, back in July of 1992, even though the concept of Savage Dragon appeared in a couple of comic book issues back in the early 80s. In 1992, Savage Dragon, otherwise known as Dragon, was found unconscious in a burning field with no memory of how he arrived there or who he was. Taken in by Officer Frank Darling of the Chicago PD, Dragon decided to join the police force and wage war against the super criminals of Chicago. With its superpowers, his desire to fight crime, and his training that came from seemingly nowhere, Dragon quickly became the best super cop the world had to offer. And here's an interesting fact about Savage Dragon. Did you know that Savage Dragon was created specifically for fans of Marvel Comics? It's true. When Eric Larson, the creator of Savage Dragon, left Marvel to be a co-founder of Image Comics, he had a specific target audience in mind for the Savage Dragon comic book series. According to Larson, the series was aimed at older Marvel readers who were ready to throw in the towel on comics altogether. It's the missing link between Marvel and DC's Vertigo comics, more mature than Marvel, less pretentious than Vertigo. In the end, his logic was sound as Savage Dragon again became a massive success and still is a popular title to this day. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Kevin, do you have any questions before we get started?
2: No, you guys, that was very thorough. I, I'm really excited to see how these two do battle. Are you prepared to have words in the streets with Ray? I I would not have anything in the streets with Ray.
1: It's probably a wise decision. Yeah,
2: that's a good choice. That's a good choice.
1: Yeah, safety. Uh, safety first. <laughs> All right, Ray, go ahead and proceed with your first point.
0: Point number one for Deathstroke. Let's just talk simply about the superhuman physical characteristics that he has because of the essentially super soldier serum that he was given in this experimental army trial. He has enhanced strength, speed, durability, but also the ability to have of his brain in use at all times. We'll get into that part just a little bit later. But he's a very, very well-trained character. Look, he grew up in the army at the age of 16. He was very, very proficient, was constantly taking out everyone around him. He beat, you know, Viet Cong by the scores when he was overseas. He was trained in different combat styles. And over the course of one year, every single fighting style that somebody tried to teach him, he mastered. Every single time somebody said, I need to teach you about karate, I need to teach you this martial art, what have you, within a year, he had all of them completely black belt mastery proficiented, if that is a word. So this is a guy who's bringing intense physical martial arts knowledge to the table in fact in a martial arts battle he once beat bronze tiger who was a very very strong maybe top five martial artist i would believe in the dc universe he's known as being an exceptional character as far as martial arts goes Additionally, he's very, very strong. He's he's the kind of character that you would see p- bending bars, ripping chains. If you try to put him in handcuffs, he'll just snap the handcuffs apart. Often when he picks up somebody or punches somebody or throws somebody, that person goes flying through the air and tends to put a big dent in whatever the heck they hit, whether it's concrete, a car, piece of land, wherever. When he hits you, you feel it every single time. Also, he's got very, very good enhanced speed. One of his go-to maneuvers is to dodge bullets all over the place. And when he's not dodging bullets by the machine guns, by all kinds of different people, hundreds of people shooting him at the same time in some instances. It's crazy. He also parries them with his energy stick. He's the kind of character who will stand there with a stick, hold it in front of him. When you go to shoot him with your bullets, he just slaps all the bullets out of the air because he's so incredibly fast. So the odds of getting off a shot on him, the odds of just hitting him when he doesn't want to be hit, go down significantly because of his very enhanced speed. But he's also got great durability. He's got a healing factor not different than... uh, much different than Deadpool or Wolverine or one of that crowd. So if you're going to cut him, if you're going to hit him, he can't die. He has, in theory, medically died a handful of times from ridiculous things like, you know, getting a a knife through the head or what have you. And he comes back within a half hour of death. He's not a character you could ever put down for the count. In fact, when he has been cut, he has been shown to just rapidly heal it, much like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine did in those early X-Men movies. Crazy. And additionally, he's a great marksman. He he said he hits whatever the heck he touches. He once did a round of target practice with Deadshot, one of the greatest marksmen in all of the DC universe. And he matched him shot for shot for shot for shot. Deadshot, people would probably argue is a better marksman, but the fact his death stroke is Deathstroke, it's like a one and one A kind of a situation. And the last thing I want to talk about is the ability to go there. We often talk with these characters how the one that's more up for a fight is the one who's got a good chance in it. And when asked to tell who his employer was as a mercenary with his own child's life on the line, he refused to give up the name of his boss and they tried to murder his child in front of him. So when it comes to a guy who's not afraid to let it all hang out there and do whatever it takes in order to win and get what he needs, Deathstroke is that guy. And that's my point number one.
1: Okay, so Deathstroke's no joke. Right. Deathstroke's a character who, if you needed someone assassinated, you're, you're, there's only a few people in the DC universe you're going to call if you know you're, you, you want a guaranteed result. Deathstroke's definitely amongst, if not at the top of that list. So I got a few questions. When you say he's got enhanced strength and enhanced speed, you know, I'd like to define this a little bit. So is it Captain America? Is it Spider-Man? Is it somewhere in between? Where would you put it?
0: I, You know, I think his strength is slightly around, if not a little above Captain America, because I've seen too many instances where he, he hit Dick Grayson, and Dick Grayson flew through the air into like a crane and then dented the crane. So you can't be weak and be able to pull off that move. And as far as speed goes, it's hard because he has he has great combat speed, I think. He's not necessarily a guy who's going to like race at, like the Flash would run in a straight line and, and go really, really fast. He's a guy that in combat moves uh, occasionally faster than the eye can totally comprehend.
1: Got it. So in terms of strength, he's got like James Gabsy type of strength. In terms of speed, he's fast, but he's not pulling off like you know your favorite technique, the infinite mass punch. Is that correct?
0: Oh, no, he would do five infinite mass... No, of course not. What are you doing? Why do you keep bringing this up in the first point rebuttal, James? It's starting to I become just, a little
1: tedious. I just like your reaction to it. Okay. He's mastered every style of fighting that you know he was presented with, which, I, by the way, is awesome. I love that. During his combative training, did he go against or train for superhumans? Or is it just for very deadly humans?
0: Well, when he first originally got his training, he was in the army and he was training to fight in war. So, it wasn't until afterwards that any training that he got, or life experience type training, on the job training, as they say, put him up against many, many, many different types
1: and forms of superhuman characters. So, no, got it. And his healing factor, I do know it's really good, but it's definitely slower than Wolverines and Deadpools. You know, if he has to regrow an arm, it takes him a while. For, uh usually it takes him a day or so to recover from something very severe. From the severe
0: stuff, yes, but from as far as getting shot, stabbed, that kind of a thing, that
1: tends to recover very, very quickly. I would agree with that. And you're saying when he's motivated, he's he's all in to fight. He goes all out. He is he is he is he is definitely a
0: guy who's not afraid to go there, as I said.
1: Right. And the more motivation he has, the more like he's just gonna go there and you you just don't want to face him, right? You definitely do. ask ask Green Arrow. That's true. That's fair. Okay. All right. Good. These are good, good questions. Good answers. I love it. Let me go ahead and hit you guys up with my point. Number one, you know, let me bring up Superman for a second. So one of the big complaints about Superman throughout comic books is that he's someone who doesn't always use his powers in the right combination. For example, he'll punch someone with super strength, but he won't use his super speed to hit them, you know, a million times with the super strength, or he'll use his heat vision, but he won't like use his super breath to like blow into the person's mouth while it's open, crying in pain to like freeze them from the inside. You know, like he just doesn't use his powers in the right combinations to be that effective. So Savage Dragon doesn't have these problems. And let me explain a little bit more. So Savage Dragon has these powers and he knows how to use them really, really well. He's got super strength where he can lift 100 tons. Now hold off for a second. A lot of places are saying he can lift 34 tons. When he was originally created, he was listed to be able to lift Three hundred and forty tons with all the strength feats. hundred tons seems to be the right thing, and that's at the highest level of Marvel Comics. For example, it's called Class One Hundred. He's super durable. To even hurt his eyes, he needs something that hits super hard and that's super sharp. He can tank missiles fired him from jets, explosions that can destroy entire city blocks, and you know, a fall from space. Uh, give him five seconds, he's up and he's fine. He's got a healing factor that is definitely below Deadpool's, but not horribly far from Wolverine's. It definitely is. I would put it superior to death strokes, where he's not going to have to sleep it off for a day. Give him, you know, maybe a few minutes, and he's back in the battle. He can jump super high and super far. His legs are strong enough to let him have a maximum height of 460 feet straight up in the air. And he can do a maximum distance of about, I think it's 945 feet, you know, from one spot to another. He can use his leg muscles to help him move at super speed. I don't think it's that much faster than death stroke. It's just that he's got he weighs 450 pounds and he's 5'10. So he can move like a much lighter person. I would put him like Captain America deathstroke-ish in terms of speed. He's super agile. He's done some crazy feats of acrobatic agility that are kind of similar to Spider-Man. I'm not saying he's got Spider-Man agility. I'm saying he can duplicate some feats, super fast reflexes, can dodge gunfire at close range. And the best part of all this, by the way, is that he knows how to weaponize his super strength like a few others can. So for example, he uses school buses like baseball bats. He uses uh, school buses. You know, there's a style I love called Collie stick fighting a scream on our knees where you have six in either hand and you kind of use them in combination. He does that with school buses. It's not that he's picking up school buses that's impressive. It's that he knows how to use them as weapons. That's really cool. Uh, he bent I-beams that used in construction into restraints to handcuff a giant woman and pin her to the ground and keep her pinned in place. He throws train cars like baseballs at his opponents. Who's facing a super powerful opponent. He's like, I don't have anything around me. Oh, look, a, tr- a set of train cars and he tosses him like a, a like a high-speed pitch, a fastball, at his opponent over and over and over again to take him out. Another time, he used an I-beam like a baseball bat, ripped off a chunk of a building, hit the chunk of the building like a baseball, and took out a flying spaceship overhead that was shooting at him. He also likes to This is really demented. He likes to take his opponents and throw them either super high in the air and let them hit the ground, or throws them super far to let them hit the ground and throw them into something, because he loves the fact that, The throw won't kill him, but gravity and physics definitely will. Um, See, he's not just strong and durable. He knows how to use his powers to enhance his fighting skills. He reminds me of the Thing from the Fantastic Four. So the Thing, super powerful, but he's also a really good fighter. That's what enables him to take out like higher-powered opponents or crazier opponents. Savage Dragon is like that, except he's way more demented when he fights, and he loves inflicting pain and punishment uh, within his fighting style because he knows that's the most effective way to take out an opponent. Yeah, that's my point number one. There's a lot of good things that are look. Savage Dragon, very, very strong,
0: reasonably fast. It has a decent healing factor. Those are the basic tenets of Savage Dragon. I don't know why you needed three and a half minutes to say those three things, but that's where we are right now, James. You know, the one part that you sort of glossed over in that first point that I'm not going to let you get away with is you talked about how if he gets hit with missiles, hits with bullets, hit with fists. He generally can just deflect it. He's a certain amount of invulnerability to that. But there is one element that you sort of mentioned and you tried to get off of immediately, and that's sharp objects. He is definitely holding a weakness when it comes to getting hit with bladed weapons. He's been cut lots and lots and lots of times, and every single time it does, in fact, hurt him. The one way that you can get to Savage Dragon that I have seen most effectively most often is bladed weapons. And the other thing you talked a little bit about, did Deathstroke, in his army days, train to fight superhumans? Let's talk about a few of the rogues' gallery that Savage Dragon has fought, because he's fought such monumental, earth-destroying characters such as Bud Ugly, Belcher who's got really strong uh, flatulence, Bad Thing, Bad Thing, that's a guy, Cyberface, and maybe my favorite of all of them, the poop-based character, Dung, who uses poo poo as a weapon. So when we talk about the people that Savage Dragon is putting a beatdown on, let's not pretend that these are the cream of the crop of the villain universe.
1: I mean, this was the 90s, Ray, when he was created.
0: There are right? worse so- ones than that that I had to leave out for taste reasons, and I use the poop guy.
1: That's fair. That's fair. This was the 90s. Things were a little bit different back then. The sensibility, you know, you have a lot to cover when you have a character who's been around for how many decades, right? Who's super powered. Sure. You can't always have the Superman equivalent, the Wonder Woman equivalent. It's you know, weird the because
0: stroke has been around, you know, the same, if not a little bit longer. And, and I do have those.
1: Weird. It is weird. Hi. It is weird. Sorry, go ahead. And so, uh, Kevin, you've heard points number one from both Ray and myself. What are you thinking so far?
2: So Ray, you you laid out who all the cartoonish characters the has stood up to. Who's the most powerful foe that Deathstroke has fought?
0: He's a kind of obscure character that not everybody is aware of. His name is Superman. Superman. He fought Superman and got over. Oh, he did. Uh, I've got some to talk about right there. But uh, I would love to hear more. If you fight Superman and you don't get killed
2: and you
1: can walk away and keep going, I'd say you got over. All right. Well, I'll have more to say on that later. Kevin, do you have any other questions before we go on?
2: No, that's it. I'm good. Thank you.
1: All right, very cool. Ray, hit us with your point number two. Point number two, I've talked a little bit about the
0: physical attributes and some of the great training of Deathstroke. I really think we need to take special mention of the gear that Deathstroke brings to the table because he is a mercenary. He is an assassin. He is a character who takes his craft very, very seriously. And it's the tools of the trade to have the best tools at your disposal to do your job. So first off, defensively, he wears advanced Battle suits. Now he wears advanced battle suits that are made of something called volatile. And that is the equivalent of adamantium in the DC universe. That's the rough translation between the two. So you think of Wolverine's claws, the undestructible nature of Wolverine's skeleton. That's what he's got armor made of. And it's volatile, which means that it's much like Black Panther's armor. It could absorb energy and then enhance and deflect that energy back away from him when he needs to. But he doesn't just have that one suit. Two other suits that he used quite often. One was mixed with Nth Metal, which is known from the Hawkman character, I sure as something that's essentially a metal that carries some sort of weird, plot-based, magical properties that whatever the nth metal needs to do, like knock down magic, for example, the nth metal has been known to do it. I don't know where I got that from, James Gavsey. You might want to go back and check out the Dante versus Hawkman episode, but he has an entire suit of armor made from it. He's also got the most powerful armor, which is called Icon Armor, which is very, very similar in that it's also made of volatile Prometheum, but it has a special property of it that when he gets hit by something like, something small, a bullet, a punch, something of that nature. If he gets hit by like a bus, not going to be as good for him, but he could dodge out of the way of that. He took blows from a character I may have mentioned before, Superman. Superman hit him as Deathstroke was laughing and mocking him, asking him to please hit me harder. He said Supergirl hits like that. Hit me for real, Superman. And the armor was so strong that this Octuple, what is it? Octrillion st- tons of strength from Superman did not hurt Deathstroke because this armor was able to absorb all of it. <laughs> So if you can take blows from Superman and make fun of him while you're doing it and walk away, that is a victory in my mind. Now let's talk a little bit about the offensive capability because he carries a Prometheum sword named the Deathstroke of all things. Prometheum, again, the same as Wolverine's Claw's st- style, and some of the sharpest metal in the entire world. That's important when you're facing a character who can be cut, and that is his one strong weakness is bladed weaponry. If you have a Prometheum sword or even two of them for that matter, that's exactly the kind of tool you're going to need for a fight just like this one. He's also been known to carry something called the God Killer Sword that was able to damage Superman. He gave it back. I'm not going to use it. I just thought that was awesome that he was able to get over on Superman using something called the God Killer Sword. Last thing is he uses guns, rocket launchers, pistols, sniper rifles. I don't think those are all going to be as effective against a character like Savage Dragon as the, the up close and personal stuff is. But the other two I want to mention, gas grenades, He uses gas grenades, which could potentially knock him out. Savage Dragon does have a nervous system, as far as I know. He might be an alien, but definitely gas could confuse him. Gas could make him choke, make him cough, potentially even knock him out if it works out correctly. And the other thing, he carries an energy staff all the time that he uses to deflect bullets, as I said before, but it also shoots out blasts of energy. And while Savage Dragon can take punches and bullets and rockets, energy blasts is a whole different thing when it comes to people with that type of invulnerability. That's really all I have to say about that. That's Deathstroke. That's how he's going to win this fight, quite frankly. And that's my point number two.
1: Okay, so first of all, the Superman fight you're referring to, which was awesome, by the way, he did have his icon armor, but that's not his standard armor. That's not what he walks around with. So Deathstroke likes to plan out his battles. So the battle with Superman, he knew Superman was protecting this person on this battleship. And he uh, Deathstroke was trying to get access to this person. He's like, well, I got to go through Superman. So as he's getting as he's fighting Superman and Superman's hitting him the armor has this visual readout saying 20% severity, 100% severity every time Superman punches all of a sudden it's 10,000% severity about to whatever it is, it was about to go or blow or whatever was going to happen. He distracted Superman. This gets really weird with green glow stick chunks and convinced and said, "Oh look, I got Kryptonite." Superman was like, "Oh no, Kryptonite." Took off for a second. Then he got a hold of the person he wanted to assassinate them superman came back captured him he didn't really get one over on superman as much as he distracted them he was definitely captured superman was never in danger just needed sounds to like sounds
0: like he won by battlefield removal to me james i'm glad you brought up the rest of that feat that i didn't have time for during your time because
1: that makes deathstroke look even smarter and even better oh when he has time to prepare and he knows who he's fighting he's got this batman level of two week prep time godlike power no doubt no joke if he's got time to prepare and, you know, he's got prior knowledge of the opponent, he's good to go. Two things, by the way, he doesn't have in this matchup. The people who slash and actually get cuts on Savage Dragon are using non-standard weaponry. Obviously, it's very super-powered base weaponry, and the people wielding it are also super-powered to a high level. Deathstroke's very comparable to Captain America. When Captain America throws his shield at the Hulk, it doesn't do a whole lot of damage to the Hulk because he can't throw it hard enough. So to slash and really get a good cut or damage to Savage Dragon... You have to have a lot of super strength to do it, as well as the right cutting implement to do so. So well, let thank me thank God, my...
0: James, that Deathstroke has super strength and it's the sharpest metal turned into a sword that you could possibly have. And he's highly trained with it on top of it. Thank you for laying out exactly what I'm
1: saying as Savage Dragon's defeat. Words in the street. Is that correct? Okay. Point number two. Let me kind of illuminate a little bit more what Savage Dragon can do. Let's talk about his fighting ability. So for a hero. There's actually something not quite right with Savage Dragon. I'm just going to put it out there. I remember reading him in the 90s. There's a comic books in the 90s and I was like, you know, there's just something a little different going on here. And again, I'm like, well, it's the 90s. Stuff's weird. Everyone had big shoulder pads for their costumes. It was just crazy stuff going on. And then all this was revealed. See, when it came to fighting opponents and taking out the bad guys, Savage Dragon, he did it with, what's the right word? A lot of brutality that really wasn't common for a superhero. So for example, one time he needed to shoot a man in the head, but he didn't have his gun. So what did he do? He found a dime on the street, a coin, chewed on it for a little while, and spit it through the building through the guy's head. And when the police came to see, oh, wow, what kind of sniper rifle, a high-power rifle, he's like, no, no, I just, I chewed up a dime and spit it at the guy and took him out. And everyone's like, oh, okay, that's great. Speaking of spitting, one time his arch nemesis his character named Overlord, who's kind of like the Lex Luthor meets Iron Man meets Dr. Doom character of of his slice of the image universe, was kind of talking down, you know, had him tied up or whatever, incapacitated. Savage Dragon broke loose. And as Overlord is pointing his finger at him, Savage Dragon bites it off and then chews on it and spits it through his head in such a way where the back of his head exploded like a, a watermelon would if you smash it with a mallet or a big hammer. Sorry, kids, that's what happened in the 90s. Another time when fighting a character who was described as like the Thor of Image Comics, Savage Dragon actually got his arm severed. So to your point, he had a super sharp thing. This is like a Thor-powered character. His arm gets cut off at the shoulder. Savage Dragon, not skipping a beat, grabs his arm, uses it like a club, and beats the hell out of this Thor-like character and takes him out. You know, shortly thereafter, he puts it back onto his stub and lets the healing factor take place and lo and behold, his arm is fine. When fighting a character named Super Patriot, who was a combination of Captain America and Cyborg, Savage Dragon decided, you know, the best way I can take this person out is not to shoot them, not to punch them, not to wrestle them to the ground. Oh yeah, I'm going to stomp through their knee in such a way where their leg bent backwards and bone chunks came out. Because, you know, why not? That's a fun way to do it. Here's another one. There's a character we all know named Hellboy. And that's that super powerful and durable demon from Hell that we all love. Well, after fighting Hellboy and smashing between two school buses, it Just keep him in place. He asked Hellboy, do you really think you can hang with me in a fight? Do you really want to do this? And Hellboy was like, "Uh, no, I don't. I-, I need to go. So Hellboy takes off. He lets him out, runs away. Then they kind of team up after him, friends. But that's what he does. So where's all this rage and anger and demented desire for violence come from? Well, it turns out that Savage Dragon is actually Emperor Kerr, who is a, a leader of this nomadic race of aliens who are looking for a new planet to inhabit. So they come across Earth and he's like, cool, I'm going to conquer Earth and eradicate all the humans. So two scientists are like, no, that's not cool. They wipe his mind and in its place, put in memories of like television, current events and shows for the past few years into his head. So he's up to date with what's going on on Earth, send him to Earth where he wakes up, where he's very familiar with culture, but doesn't know who he is, what happens. And that's where the adventure begins. So in other words, Savage Dragon is now a superhero who uses the brutality and love of fighting of an intergalactic warlord to help the innocent and do good in the world. Now, as strong as Deathstroke is, he was knocked out by a relatively low-powered punch to the gut from Wonder Woman when, after a short fight, Wonder Woman got bored and said, okay, I'm done, and just she, she, they perfectly just drew it, so it's just like a short pop to the gut, Deathstroke goes down. If one punch was enough to take him out, imagine what an alien warlord, in the form of a superpowered hero with intergalactic, violent tendencies, would do to him. Just like to Canis, this would not be pretty. That's my point number two.
0: I mean, come on. You've got Deathstroke who's been around since literally, what, 1980? And you don't think that one writer out there who's going to be using him, because let's face it, he doesn't often get his own series. He's generally the antagonist of other people's series, which means that it has to be written for somebody to get over on him on some point. So the fact that one writer out there wrote Wonder Woman, who, to your credit, James, you've argued on this show that Wonder Woman is the second strongest character in all of DC Comics
1: to Superman... I said she's in Superman class, and Superman she's, class the, fighter. she's the, so, the best warrior fighter of all of DC Comics. So not knowing the story around what was actually happening at
0: that time, a punch to the gut when you're not expecting it, which seems unlikely given his character, but bad writing happens. If you get hit by Wonder Woman and you get taken out by a battle, that's hardly something to be ashamed of, for gosh sakes. But thank you for also bringing up the fact that Savage Dragon's arm was cut from his body. <laughs> Great, so you're just keep proving my points of how Deathstroke's going to win over and over and over again. And and let's face it, some of these villains, you... Kevin, have you ever heard of any of these very powerful villains that Savage Dragon has been fighting before? No. And the reason for it is because they are they are old 90s characters who were essentially cheap cardboard cutouts of popular other characters from car- comic book mediums Who Savage Dragon was there to knock over like tomato cans. What you need to see those types of characters as is Lanny Poffo the genius in 1980s WWF going to the ring, reading a poem, and getting beaten in 90 seconds. Those are the tomato can enemies that Savage Dragon fights, no matter how hard they pretend these characters are.
1: So you're, you've just insulted the Image Universe as a whole. You've insulted Lanny Poffo, the genius, who actually has a win by DQ over Hulk Hogan, by the way. I, I think your, your comparative analysis needs some work. And Kevin, you know, I believe you're already familiar with uh, Savage Dragon his
2: universe. Is that correct? Well, first of all, I, I, I'm angry at Ray for... For smirching the good name of leaping Lanny Poffo, that that alone is is enough to make this '80s boy really cringe. Uh, yeah, I actually knew all of the villains that that you mentioned, and I'm curious: who was the Thor-powered character that Savage Dragon fought? It was actually a character named
1: Thor. They took creative know. license and called him Thor, so it was a Thor level. Oh, you know character. what? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, There yeah, you go right. I remember that. So, yep. so it took a character like Thor with a magically imbued you know, fighting weapon to do that to Savage Dragon. And then he lost because Savage Dragon still beat him up with a, a stub of an arm. All and right, that character so, was never seen again. Kevin, you've heard points, two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. We're now at the turning point where you have to tell us who you think is ahead and what the other side has to do to pull out the victory.
2: Can I ask one question before Absolutely. I get to that? Absolutely. Ray, you laid out all these different battle suits that Deathstroke typically that he has access to. What is his most common suit that he wears? The most common suit
0: that he's been known for is the uh, volatile prometheum suit that's impervious
1: to pretty much any type of damage. Yes, I agree that that is the most common. Volatile prometheum, James. Look it up. I I, I have. I'm very familiar with it. All right. So with that being said, Kevin, what are you thinking so far?
2: I got to tell you, this is going to be, this would be an awesome fight to see actually go down. You guys have done a great job Uh, point for point. I've, I've, I've seriously, I wish you guys could have, could have been in my head because there was a, there was a, there was a point where I was like, well, clearly this is death stroke. And then James, James brought in this the, the super strength of 100 tons and the fact that he's a warlord and I, and then I was I was thinking that you know well, maybe this is obviously a savage dragon but the uh the, just the, the the pure skill that Ray's laid, that Ray laid out of Deathstroke and his his training and the fact that he is also uh, akin to a super soldier it's it's really really close to me it's this is this is this would be a massive bloody fight I I, I feel like right at this moment, uh, Savage Dragon might be a little ahead, but it's it's really, really it's it's really close.
1: Ray, we again we've been here before, where either we're tied or one of us has like a one point advantage over the other, and we both know we can't count on that advantage lasting for the third point. It never so seems I'm, to never works out that way. And I gotta tell you, I'm always a little nervous because as confident as I am coming into these battles, your points, your lot, you know, I got you've upped your game. Your point number three usually knocks it out of the park. Let's see what you got for your ultimate home run point.
0: Point number three for Deathstroke. I want to start off talking about the aspect of his enhancement that I haven't mentioned up a lot up to this point. And it's his enhanced brain power. Because Savage Dragon is a very strong character. He's a very durable character. He is not necessarily the smartest character we have going on. But Deathstroke uses... To the, to the credit of the writers, 90% of his brain, which we all know that story is kind of nonsense, but as the story goes in the Marvel universe, humans only use 10% of their brain. Deathstroke uses 90% of his brain, which means that he has natural abilities to use tactics to see the battlefield for what it is, to think 10 chest moves ahead in a fight. Savage Dragon is just reactive. He just fights whatever he's feeling in the moment. So he's going to be able to be taken advantage of by Deathstroke over and over and over again, being maneuvered into the places where Deathstroke wants him to be. In fact, Deathstroke can sense the weak spots of an enemy just from looking at him. If he fights Savage Dragon for... 30 seconds, he's going to know immediately the areas that he needs to hit, the areas he needs to target, and the moves he needs to do in order to pull off the victory. Because he's done it time and time again, and he doesn't need if he has two weeks of prep time, he's going to win and we'll show examples of that, but he doesn't necessarily need it because on the fly, his brain moves so fast that he has been seen to see faster is, is how the writers have described it. And that he just sees faster than everybody else, which helps him to react faster to absolutely everything else. And this is what has brought him to such amazing victories as again, he got that moment over Superman for sure, but he's also defeated Batman multiple times and he didn't just defeat Batman multiple times. He left Batman down on the pavement in a random chance encounter that he did not have time to prepare for. Batman. The Dark Knight met up with Deathstroke on a rooftop somewhere, and Deathstroke left him bloody, beaten, and defeated. You beat Batman in a fight, you could outmaneuver Batman. I definitely think you could outmaneuver Savage Dragon. He also had a battle against many of the members of the Justice League of America. Pretty important, imposing group of superheroes, wouldn't you say, Zack Snyder? Well, he, in a fight, was 1v7. 1v7. He was fighting these seven heroes at the same time. The Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, The Atom, Zatanna, Green Arrow, and Black Canary. Simultaneously... And he won that fight against all of them put together. The Flash, Green Lantern, these are characters bringing intense amounts of power to the table that Savage Dragon could only imagine. And Deathstroke pulled off the win and beat him. In fact, Deathstroke is so known for his tactics that one time he was just hanging out and Superman flew down behind him and asked him for help. Superman said, I have this intergalactic battle war thing happening out here and I need somebody smart enough, tactically brilliant enough that can look at the situation and bring my forces to victory. Do you have time to help me? The man of steel who could probably just go out there and win the whole battle by himself without even lifting a finger. Doesn't matter. So you've got Deathstroke who's beaten Batman multiple times. He's beaten the Justice League. He beat the Teen Titans. He beat the Titans. And the last thing I'll leave you with, James, is is you had a conversation that you talked about a while ago with me with Marv Wolfman, the creator of Deathstroke. He was also the creator of Cyborg. And when you asked the question to him, which of these characters, Deathstroke or Cyborg who has a robotic brain, which one thinks
1: faster? What did Marv Wolfman tell you? He said that Hal Jordan was the greatest of all of the Green Lanterns. (laughs)
0: I'll help you, James, because you don't want to answer this question. He said Deathstroke thinks smarter, thinks faster than Cyborg, who is a literal computer in his head. Tactically, intelligence-wise, Deathstroke has already got the tools to get it done. He's got the talent, and now you see he's got the plan as well, even if he didn't have one coming into the battle. And that is my point number three.
1: That is a very strong point would not be something I would say right now. Here's the deal. You like to lie, James, so I don't blame you. (laughs) Here's the deal. No doubt. Like, again, he's, he's. if you have prior knowledge and you have time to to prepare for a fight, definitely Deathstroke's in your top five, if not the top person, right up there with Batman, to say, hey, you got two weeks. Here's all of the knowledge of this opponent, or a lot of it. Come up with a game plan that'll get us the win. Yeah, he's that person who can do it. He doesn't have either one of those things in this situation. Also, when you talked about the Justice League fight, super impressive, but he had time to, to prepare for that. He was hired to do that. So he was protecting this character named Dr. Light. The Justice League was coming after him. It wasn't Superman, Wonder Woman, or Batman, but still a lot of you know heavy hitters and what have you. And he created a, a trap for each one. For example, he set off explosives so the Flash would have to get around him, go all the way around him, and he had a sword pointed backwards just there because he knew the Flash would have to run full speed, couldn't stop in time, and impale himself on the sword. In that battle, he actually didn't win At the end of it, Green Arrow stabbed him close up with an arrow, I think, in the neck to take him out, but still an impressive feat. With all of those really impressive battles you mentioned, he had time to prepare and a lot of previous knowledge to call upon because he knew what he was getting into doesn't take away from his victories, it just means that's how he did it.
0: To that point then, Batman, first off, he beat Batman with no prep time whatsoever, did mention that, and also he thinks so fast he can create a plan on the fly. If he's fought you for a minute, he's already got enough knowledge that he needs in order to know what you're gonna do next and be able to defeat you with it, and let's act like he hasn't fought characters similar to Savage Dragon in the past.
1: That's true, and he's fought like Wonder... And I'll bring this up my point number three. He has beaten Batman... He usually has previous knowledge. He's beaten him twice, and he's lost to him twice as well, and they tied once. So it's actually an interesting back and forth. Nothing bad with that. Again, it's Batman. If you have one win and five losses, that's still really impressive. If you have uh, one me... win and 20 losses, you're probably still doing pretty good. I think so, right? That's not bad. All right, so let me get to my point number three, and this is all going to become very clear. Now, before I go any further, I need to list a few of, the, of Deathstroke's losses to opponents who are clearly not in Savage Dragon's class in terms of pure strength, strength battlefield like you know destructiveness and what have you so he has losses to nightwing jason todd who was the former robin now known as red hood and he has a loss to tim drake who was the robin from the 90s to mid 2000s now he's red robin i think that's what he is right now none of these are bad they're all respected opponents but all of them were caught by surprise by deathstroke deathstroke had the advantage tactically he had time to prepare he had all the knowledge of them and all these people i just mentioned still beat him keep that in mind now Kevin, let me take on a little bit of a journey here. So in breaking down this battle, I had to ask myself, what would each opponent be fighting for in this who would win matchup? Remember, Ray clearly said that Deathstroke will go there. He's going to bring it. He's not afraid to go there as long as he's motivated. Well, I ask you, what's his motivation in this fight? What is he fighting for? What is, what's the, you know, he's a mercenary. He's not getting paid. Is there someone on the line? Is it a bigger thing? The answer is no. So just keep that in mind. Savage Dragon is going to fight because he'll see Deathstroke as a villain. And Savage Dragon has dedicated himself to taking on fighting and absolutely wrecking villains for decades. That's who he is. He loves it. He's great at it. And the harder a villain fights him, the harder he fights back, the longer he stays in the fight. Because let's just face it, that's the way he likes it. By the way, he's got super endurance, so he'll fight for a very long time. And then I asked myself the same thing. What's Deathstroke fighting for in this battle? He doesn't let his ego get in the way, right? So it's not like he's like, I want to win over a super powered character just for myself. He's not that character. No one care, No one he cares about is on the line for the style of who would win matchup. And again, he's not getting paid to do this. And then it hit me. You know, of course, Deathstroke is a mercenary or an assassin for hire, which means he's all in. Again, only if there's money involved, only if there's a contract that he'll honor, which he, we know he will. And again, there's there's got to be something bigger he's fighting for. But what happens when none of those conditions are there? So in a previous who would win battle, the winner wasn't decided on who was stronger, who had better weapons. Some of them were decided on what the character would do, and who would win a random encounter, no prep time type of situation. Because according to the rules, you've got to argue within the parameters of what the character would do. So Bumblebee from Transformers lost to Poison Ivy, rightfully so. By the way, Bumblebee was argued by Ray that he wouldn't want to sh- shoot and destroy Poison Ivy the same way he would a Decepticon, because Poison Ivy is a human. That you know, Bumblebee stayed within his character. It was really well argued. Now, in this fight, Deathstroke is going to come to one conclusion very quickly, which is that fighting Savage Dragon is not a good use of his time. You know, can Deathstroke beat Savage Dragon in a random encounter? I just don't think he can. But if he has time to prepare for Savage Dragon, in other words, if they have a second fight, the first one he loses, but then he has time to go home, lick his wounds, make a battle plan, come back better prepared with better weaponry. Yeah, I think he could get a win over Savage Dragon the second time, but he needs experience, knowledge, and, and everything going from prior to this fight in time to prepare for it again he's got none of that now deathstroke in this battle won't want to stay in this fight for long why because he's a businessman and the bottom line if it's not good for business he's not going to do it staying in a fight with superman was not good for business as long as he could distract him take out that person once he hit his target got knew he was getting paid then superman came in he's like yeah i'm done go ahead you got me that's his mo this is a battle where just like spider-man versus astro boy Deathstroke's going to come in realizing he's fighting someone who has the power and skill and the skill set to destroy him or at least severely damage him. He's going to say, like, this just isn't worth my time. This is why Deathstroke does everything he can to avoid. avoid. Like, he does everything he can to avoid straight-up fights with Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, and especially Batman. He avoids those fights, especially if he has no time to prepare a really good game plan. Why? Because he knows there's a good chance he's going to lose, and that's bad for business. And Savage Dragon is definitely in that upper echelon of power level of the Justice League. So I'm really sure Deathstroke's going to realize very quickly, this guy's powerful. He's going to, I could possibly die, get hurt badly. I won't be able to continue my business, be a mercenary. I'm out. In the end, Savage Dragon's insane superpowers. His fighting skill and desire to inflict pain and tons of damage, including death to his opponents. Because that's what he loves to do even if he gets wrecked in the process. Plus the fact that Deathstroke is a hired gun and not you know, necessarily a willing combatant to see just how well he'll do in a test against a superpowered opponent, well, it's pretty easy to see why Savage Dragon is going to win this fight, and that's my point number three.
0: I can tell that James doesn't believe his own arguments, and the reason why I can tell you this right now, Kevin Israel, is because he's literally postulating in a who-would-win battle that one of them just isn't feeling it. This is literally a who would win battle where these two are fighting. Can I remind you, we did Muppets versus Sesame Street. Neither one of those crews would be feeling it, James. But we postulate that this fight is happening anyway, and it's fighting to an answer. It's fighting to a decision. So Deathstroke is here for that decision. He's also one of the most competitive, jerkiest people that you'll ever find in all of comic books. Now, you say, oh, well, he doesn't have a lot on the line. His kid's life was on the line and he still wouldn't give up his boss with his kid's life on the line. So I don't even know where this point you're even trying to bring up is coming from. You know the one thing that was on the line when he let his own kid get his, sorry, kids at home, got it, let his kid get his throat slit? It was his personal pride. It was his personal code. It was the fact that he did not want to give up his boss's name because that was distasteful to him to the point where he let his own kid suffer a grievous wound. So you're going to put that guy in a battle, a guy whose personal pride at the end of the day is the most important thing to him. And you think he's just going to get into a fight in a who would win environment and then say, ah, I'm just going to go. There is a 0% chance that would ever ever, ever happened, James. And that's how I know you ran out of arguments after point number two, because if that's all that you have left, we could wrap this one up right now, especially when you bring up the fact once again, oh, he tries to avoid fights with Batman, you know, except for that one I brought up where there was no prep time and he left him bleeding on a rooftop.
1: So number one, do you know how I know when Ray is nervous? (laughs) Because again, the indoor voice is completely ignored. Number two, in the Bumblebee match, he has a code, just like Destro has a code. Bumblebee has a code where he's like, you know, I'm not going to go full out on Poison Ivy because she's a human. I don't want her getting damaged too much. You know, she's not a Decepticon. That's not to my code. That's why I'm going to lay off the fight. And that's what would give the edge to Poison Ivy, who wouldn't hold back. That no being chance said, at
0: all, James. You're just repeating yourself again. You just made that entire point. I rebutted it. And then you decided to just lay out the entire point once again, because the intoxicating mind fog did
1: not work the first time. I cut through it like it was pruning shears through a, sh- a tree. Two things. You sound bitter. Second thing, infinite mass punch. No, no reaction. Okay, good. Sorry, I thought I was just trying to get you going because I love it when you're just go disappointed in you. Right All now, right. Now, that's James. fair. All right. So, Kevin, you've heard three arguments from Ray. You've heard three arguments from me. This is a time where you have to give us the decision. Use your wisdom. Take us through your process. Take us on a journey, if you will, and tell us who wins this matchup between Deathstroke and Savage Dragon.
2: I got to tell you guys. First of all, kudos to you for for both arguing these points so deftly. You really, you really did your research. You obviously know your stuff about both of these characters, and it it however this fight goes down, it's going to be a close one. But to to the to the point that. Deathstroke isn't prepared for this. I think that's a that is it. That is a strong point. Much like much like Batman, who fights better when he's prepared. I think that uh, that that really lends to how this fight would go down. When we started when we started out, and I forgot the uh, the the fact that Dra- Savage Dragon is uh, an alien warlord. I f- completely forgot that that's how the storyline went down. And I initially went into this thinking that he was just another heavy brawler, colossus, or even like. Image's own Pit who happens to be one of my favorite characters from Image. Go. So I so I so as as Ray was making all his points, I thought wow, this is this you know, this this is going to be one of those fights of a of a of a big strong guy against a, a super skilled warrior and you know, the, the the big guy might get a couple good hits in but he's going to end up getting slaughtered. But then you reminded me and you made the point that he was a warlord and he is a very skilled trained warrior. So I, I feel like as as they as they're training It's it's a little more equal. I still think I I still think Deathstroke has the edge as far as as training and as far as just overall skill in fighting. I think there's there's a there's a there's a, a very important point to make that Savage Dragon combines his superpowers with his just his savageness. That the 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 point that Ray made about his ability just to just to just to be cruel and to 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 fight ruthlessly. That said, I think that's something that. Deathstroke has encountered a number of times through throughout uh, throughout his many battles, so I, I don't I don't know that that's going to be a complete surprise to him. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's experienced that before, and he's he is such an ex- experienced fighter. And the healing factors to me are also both playing uh, t- to a, a great deal. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of damage done in this in this fight. I I do picture Savage Dragon tearing Deathstroke. Like grabbing him and trying to tear him apart, and I, I don't know if if Deathstroke' healing factor or even his durability would be able to withstand that. The fact that Savage Dragon is so strong, so physically powerful, and you know Deathstroke is strong, but not at the level of, of Savage Dragon. So I feel like there's a the, the 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 physical battle between the two of them probably goes towards Savage Dragon side, where the the skill side. Deathstroke's gonna really have to keep out of Savage Dragon's hands. Gonna gonna have to gonna have to sort of play the distance game with his with you know with the sword and with his with his staff. The there there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of damage done here. I feel like Savage Dragon could possibly lose another limb, but the uh, this this is gonna be this would be just an amazingly brutal fight. And you guys really really laid it out well. I think this the the suit that Deathstroke wears is a is a huge uh game changer in his favor. It's it's really gonna would make a problem for Savage Dragon. That said, again, I feel like if Savage Dragon got his hands on Deathstroke, while he might not be able to to punch through him, I think he'd still be able to probably tear it apart. So as as brutal and as 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 horrifying as this battle would be, I, I think looking at both sides, looking at the powers of both, looking at just the who who's the more brutal fighter who's who you know who needs the prep time I think that in the end the winner of this battle is Savage dragon
0: that's a horrible decision. unbelievable a horrible decision a what are you piece, talking about this a three, three shouldn't piece. have even been close. I, this, I did mention the fact that he uses 90% of his brain and can literally come up with war-winning tactics on the fly during a battle. He would never let Savage Dragon grab him and rip him to pieces, a thing James never even argued. He
2: would come him up and try to... I throw, gotta tell you, the 90... 90- what are you
0: talking about, Kevin? <laughs> the ninety percent.
2: The 90% brain thing is one of the worst tropes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a terrible, I, non-human I, thing, I, but the fact is his brain works better than cyborgs. Savage Dragon is a big, dumb character. Yes, he's a former warlord who forgot everything there was about being a warlord. What are we talking about right now?
1: Well, two things, Ray. You're right. The 90% thing is actually really impressive, but I think that's what would make Deathstroke say, I need to go back Oh, that I was a terrible retreat. argument. I need that to was figure this out and come argument. back, and I'll take this guy. By the way, I'll give, the I'll give him the second win. I don't know what's happening on
0: this show I'll give him the second win. you are bribing the judges all <laughs> the way. You <laughs> hated way. losing season two, and you've decided to bribe every judge on the planet because <laughs> none of these decisions are even making sense anymore.
1: By the way, his mind is fueled. You take the warlord mindset, warrior mindset of an intergalactic warlord. You remove it. What's the one thing that's even worse than being an intergalactic warlord And that's TV from the 90s. That will drive anyone absolutely insane. You remember, (laughs) you remember, Ray, the WWF from the early 90s. How crazy. If that's what you put in your head, what is going to happen if you have superpowers and ability to beat up people?
0: I'm be- thinking of all the moves from early 90s WWF that I'd like to do to Kevin Israel when I see him in the streets <laughs> next time.
2: <laughs> There's going to be a lot happening in the streets. If you want to come down to Frozen, Jersey, you're more than welcome to, to meet no, me in the streets. Cold. And it's if you could if you could shovel my driveway while you're at it.
1: Before well, we... Why don't you come here? We'll go to the beach <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, have some uh, Froyo and that's, uh, that's just see what happens. You know, we'll make
2: a that, it. that sounds much better. If I do come, I'm going to paint myself green and put a fin on my head because I feel like that would be. Just, I, I really don't. I really don't like the look on Ray's face. That's not me. Well, it's, yeah, it's you're not alone. Any,
1: if, if I had a dollar for every time that's been said, uh, Ray, uh, go ahead and tell the audience how you're feeling right now.
0: Uh, everybody at home can clearly see what is going on here. I don't know what's happening on the show as of recently. Three weeks in a row now, I get inundated with people telling me on social media, Ray, all your points were better than what James said. He really didn't have a leg to stand on. And inexplicably, and it's going to happen again this week, inexplicably, the judge went with James over your better stated, better thought out,
1: more obvious talking points. I don't know what's happening anymore. I'll tell you what's happening, Ray. You upped your game in season two, and you left me no choice but to up my game for season three. Yeah, up your bribes. I think that's what you meant to say. <laughs> bribes game. It's all the same thing. Kevin, you know, you—you you came in here. You brought in a lot of great knowledge. You you asked great questions, really kind of processed this battle on a deeper level than I expected. Super, super cool of you. Uh, I think you're amazing, Judge. We definitely want you back. Um, thank you, thank you. Plus, you, plus you're just a hell of a guy. Just putting that oh, out there.
2: Thanks. I you
1: know. know someone who isn't
0: using 10% of his brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's Okay.
1: Kevin, please tell everyone where they can find you.
2: Uh, you can find me every week on Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. Uh, well, Kevin Goatee, we are bringing on guests every week to take down beloved, financially successful, and ju- just huge movies showing that for everybody who loves a movie, somebody thinks it's crap. And it's, it's a really fun twist on the movie review genre. And as far as my stand-up comedy, unfortunately stand-up comedy has taken a bit of a pause due to current situations in the world. But we're, we're, it's slowly coming back. And if you want to check me out, you can get my album, The Struggle is Real. It's available on iTunes and everywhere else you can get audio. But uh, definitely check out "Gutting the Sacred Cow, guttingthesacredcow.com and GTSC podcast on Twitter. Find us, follow us, and, uh, and you're really going to enjoy it.
1: And what's your Twitter handle and Facebook handle and Instagram handle and all that kind of good stuff?
2: My Twitter is Kevin Israel underscore NJ. Instagram is Kevin Israel comedy. Facebook is Kevin Israel. I'm pretty much the only one you're going to find. And I'm, very, I'm active on social media across all the platforms.
1: Love it. All right, Ray. I was nervous for this matchup. I, Deathstroke was crazy. I actually think you did a great job with him. You know, nothing to be ashamed of for losing today, losing three times in a row. I've been there, by the way. I share your pain. So tell you deserve to be there. (laughs) Tell our listeners (laughs) where they can find you. Well, I just changed my Twitter handle
0: to Better Kevin Israel. So now you've got competition on social (laughs) media, Kevin. I hope this decision that was terrible was worth it to you but you can also find me at my alt account at Almighty Ray. people at home. I'm gonna to talk to you, the people listening right now. Here we go. You have been hearing week after week what has been happening. You've heard my clearly dominant and superior arguments. So when you hear this episode and you are rightfully angered, betrayed, bamboozled, bewildered, and disgusted by what you saw happen during the judgment of tonight's episode, all I want you to do is go on to your local Social medias, the Twitters, the Facebooks, Facebook group, the Who Would Win group. It's wonderful. And just put in hashtag Ray was robbed. You don't need to put anything else, but hashtag Ray was robbed. I will see you, awkward allies. I will see you out there, and I will not let you again down
1: like all these judges seem to. Wow. Okay. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. By the way, here's a fun game to play at home. Can you figure out when the hashtag IMF was actually used in this episode? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't point number three. With that being said, remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and wherever else you go for your podcasts. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Look, as guys, so much of our personal identity is wrapped up in our hair, from how it feels after getting a great haircut to the way we style it before going out. And that's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair.
0: And in the olden days of yore, you had to go to a doctor to get a prescription. But now, with Keeps... You can do all that online and get the hair loss medication delivered right to your front door every three months. No more waiting at the doctor's office no
1: more waiting at the pharmacy so find out why keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why more than 100 men trust keeps for their hair loss prevention medication keeps treatments start at wow just ten dollars a month plus for a limited time you can get your first month free
0: look there's only two fda
1: approved products out
0: there to combat hair loss heck you might have even tried them before but you've never tried them with this convenience and at this price.
1: If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash win to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash win.